This is a CNA podcast. Paul, can you just give us your quick thoughts on the following fixed versus floating rates? Ah, <laughs> I would say floating for me. <laughs> HDB loan or bank loan? HDB at this stage. Property cooling measures. Mm, good. 1% interest rate. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> Buying a home now. There are opportunities. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on Money Talks. I'm Sarah Alcaldi. If you haven't locked in a housing loan or are looking to refinance your mortgage in the near future, you may be in for a shock. Home loan interest rates have been going up steadily. What was as low as 1% just a year ago can now go as much as 3.85%. On top of that, those planning to get an HDB loan won't be able to borrow as much as before. So what are your options? And is it still a good idea to purchase that property you've been eyeing? To break it all down and help you with the sums is Paul Wee, Vice President for Property Guru Finance at Property Guru Group. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. A lot to talk about for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Mortgage rates are now around 3.5%. It used to be mm-hmm. 1 plus percent. When was the last time it was this high? Seriously, a long time ago. I think it was something like 30 years ago that it was at a high of 13%. Mm-hmm. But that was a long time ago and yeah. I never saw those rates myself. Right. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, most people don't. And yeah. that's why the interest rates now give people a lot of discomfort. They think mm-hmm. that interest rates now are going to stay high forever. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. The reality is that interest rates would fluctuate up and down. We've seen low interest rates for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And owing to the circumstances, we look at the war, we look at the situation with the global economy. That's why interest rates are moving to try and manage the inflation risk and all that. But people must remember, when you buy a home and you take a loan, a loan is 25, 30 years, Mm -hmm. that's not going to be your whole existence that interest rates go up and up. Mm. As in anything, there will be ebb and flows in terms of interest rates. Interest rates will come off. So people have to be conservative. They need to look into their own circumstances Mm. and decide how to best manage the risk. Mm. The trick is not to be overly conservative, nor overly aggressive. Yeah. And so when you take a loan for 25, 30 years, you have to be prepared for a lot of things to happen during that period. That's right. I know people who say, all of a sudden, I have to pay a couple hundred dollars more every month Mm. for my mortgage. And it's something that they're not prepared to do. Right. Right. But the funny thing is this, when the loans are being measured by the banks, when they evaluate whether you qualify for a certain loan, Mm. they've actually built in higher interest amounts. Mm. So, for example, right, if you borrowed from a bank and let's say the interest was 1% beginning of the Mm -hmm. year, Banks will have measured it at 3.5% and evaluated whether you'll be able to stomach the higher payment amounts. So those are stress tests. Basically, you would be able to afford it. You would mm-hmm. not end up having to forego food and all that. Certainly, sometimes small mm-hmm. sacrifices may need to be made, but generally affordable. So 
the Singapore populace is quite well protected, I think. I see. Yeah. So before banks give you a loan, they have checked how much you earn and made sure that you can yeah. endure the rates that we are seeing right now. Total debt servicing ratio is now packed at 55% mm. based on the higher interest rate, which means there's an inbuilt buffer. You have to pay more, yes, but you won't suffer until mm. you end up having to cut your meals from three mm. to two. Suddenly, you may end up in the short term going to less restaurants. Right, or maybe the holiday is right, closer. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But it's not the food and yeah, electricity right. bills yeah. kind of sacrifices. With rates that are not just rising, it's also rising so fast. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about why in a bit. But if you haven't locked in your rates yet, mm -hmm. you might think that you have to just keep paying more. Yeah. Do you think that's the case? Well, answer is yes and no. Firstly, whether or not one locks in the rate depends on really one's appetite for interest rates or risk. <laughs> a very good client of mine in the past was a very good example. He told me at that point in time, interest rates are lower. Fixed rates were something like 0.5% above floating rates. At that point in time, everyone was thinking, oh, I don't think rates will be going up very mm. much, right? But my client told me, he said, Paul, I want to lock in the rate. Why? Even though he's willing to pay 0.5% more. Mm. Simply because of this, he wants to be able to sleep at night. Mm. Because his view is pessimistic. He thinks that interest rates are continue going up and up. Mm. Now, even now, there are clients who believe that interest rates will go up for the next year or so and will reverse. Why? Because if you look at what the US is doing, to manage interest rates, they think that it will come under control within a year. So a lot of them are still in very open positions. They are doing floating rates. Mm -hmm. And they say, okay, this increase in interest rates is only short term, mm -hmm. right? I think that after that, when the rates go down, I will enjoy the lower rates. So there are pros and cons to having fixed rates. If you lock yourself in, you're also locking to higher rates if rates turn around. Mm. So whatever gives you a good night's sleep, I think that's yeah. what is really important. So how should people determine what the best loan is for them? I think the best loan for a person really, like what I said, depends on A, their personal attitude towards risk or mm. the views of the market. Mm. Secondly, also looks at their individual circumstances. People are so sensitive to interest rates that they forget that the best home loans are not just about rates, but what suits you and what suits your risk appetite. Mm. So, for example, if let's say me and my wife have bought this property, the plan is that after five years, I'm going to sell it, mm. right? And three years down the road, there's an opportunity for me to refinance mm. for cheaper rates. Would I do it? Answer is no. Why? Because usually refinancing would lock in for a further period of time. I wouldn't do anything because... If I went to refinance, that would go against my original plan to sell my property. Some families are like that. Husband and wife have decided that after five years, the husband or the wife may stop work to look after the kids. Mm. They want to move to a smaller property and so on and so forth. So these are the factors that come together as well. A lot of people now are looking at their loans and are trying to figure out what they should do. Yeah. What should they look for in these packages that banks are offering? Okay, so firstly, the lock-in period. Now, I say lock-in period because this would relate to, for example, plans. A client of mine came back to complain. Why? Because after he had done a transaction with us, 
somebody convinced him a year later that there was a better package. Mm. Now, his plan was to always sell the property. And what he didn't realise was that the new package came with a two-year lock-in of actually three. Mm. And he went to sign up. And when it came time for him to divest the property, he had to pay a penalty of 1.5%, mm. which kind of goes against the grain of what he intended to do. So he was very unhappy. Mm. Secondly, it would be features of the product. So for example, if you look at how the interest rates are computed, when they are computed, if you're in a fixed loan and you want to break the cost, there's some cost to be incurred. So things like that. And mm. How do you manage payment features and so on and so forth? Because a lot of terms and conditions are bound to each product. We look at these and say, okay, what makes sense for you if you plan to do a partial repayment at a particular point in the year, but if you do it during that time, it incurs you extra costs. These are little things that people are not aware of until it comes time to do it. Then they say, mm. I didn't know this was relevant to me. I so, see. Yeah. So have to read the fine print for sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, most of the fine print is very fine. Oh. <laughs> yeah. As we think about where these interest rates will go, how high do you think mortgage rates can go? <laughs> because if we haven't seen it yeah. for this high in so long, yeah. what should we expect? So we've taken a look at the numbers and we are looking at something like 27 2.8% for three months SORA by the year end. Um, beginning of next year, maybe about 3.5%. As it is, the long-term interest rates are already almost at the 3.5 level, which is why it makes a lot of sense for the government to then say, I'm going to place the computational rate at 4%, mm. just so that the balance is flexible. But what about 1% rates? Will we ever see that again in the near future? When you say near future, how far are you talking about? I would say 3 to 5 years. Well, if only I had a crystal ball. Mm. <laughs> But 1% rates at this point in time, I find it challenging to find based on current circumstances. But things could change depending on how the economies go. Because remember, we are seeing this global change and every day we are hearing news that basically drives the interest rates higher rather than lower. Mm. So that part, we have to see whether it's a perfect storm or a perfect calm. Yeah. That comes, yeah. So we can't assume that it will go back to that level anytime soon. It's hard to plan. Mm. So that's why it's very important to look at it from your point of view and say, conservatively, what would I do? What's my next best action? Mm. What are the steps that are pragmatic for me to take? And how do I do all these things? I think it's yeah. very important to be very clear about what your red flags are, the markers are, areas that you cannot step up of. Plan for that because that's more pragmatic than saying, Let's plan for 1%, which may or may not come. Right. So I think we take a day-by-day -day approach with our clients. I see. It really depends on your situation. Exactly. Hi, my name is Steve Lai. And I'm Teresa Tang. And we are the hosts of the new podcast, CNA Correspondent. From New York to Bangkok, join us as we kick back and chat with our colleagues across the globe about the latest news developments. Look out for our weekly episodes wherever you get your podcasts. What other assumptions do people have about mortgages mm -hmm. and property that you think should be addressed? Ah, when people look at interest rates, if you've been in the market a long time, you realize people say things like that. Firstly, people generally in the past look at low interest rates for the first two to three years. 
they don't care that the fourth year goes to something that's very, very high. Because when you talk to them, they say, okay, I can refinance after three years, right? Now, there are inherent assumptions in what they're saying. So firstly, they're assuming that interest rates will remain low. Clearly, in this time, you are saying that's not happening, right? Mm. So three years ago, had you gone into a loan with something with very low first three years and then thereafter it goes high, you could be caught out. So the assumption is that interest rates would remain low. Another assumption is this. People assume that the earning capability would mm. remain. They assume that, hey, maybe today I earn 5000 a month. In three years' time, I'll be earning equal or 10000 or more. They assume that, but a lot of people don't realise that companies get downsized, mm-hmm. there are risks in that area. Thirdly, is the change in personal plans. So, for example, husband and wife, let's say in the beginning, the both of them may buy a property together, let's say $2 million worth, based on both their income. Mm. In three years' time, the wife says, I'm going to look after the kids. The income drops. And actually, if they want to refinance, of course, TDSR rules allow them to do it. Mm -hmm. But remember, all of a sudden, what was affordable in the beginning then becomes not so affordable at the end. So all these things will change. And people don't think about those assumptions that they make. Because, like I said, the market always talks about cheap interest rates, not the whole thing holistically. Yeah. The government also tightened the rules around borrowing money for property, and they say it's to avoid future difficulties in servicing loans. So this now affects, of course, not just those who are trying to pay their property, but those who are also trying to buy homes. How should property buyers adjust their expectations and their plans as they look around? So the first thing would be to firstly understand why they are buying a certain property. Now, a lot of Clients choose to buy certain sizes. Why? Because that's the max they can go. That's the first thing. Second thing is their aspiration. They want to be able to move from a HDB to a condo in X number of years. That's their plan. There are a lot of uncertainties now, as you can see in recent months. I think what makes sense is then to say, instead of going from A to Z in this time frame, perhaps I could lengthen the time frame and maybe add another step. So instead of going straight to a $2 million property, I could go into a $1 million property and then build in a few more years. It is slower, yes, but the risks would be well thought out and there is no stress. End of the day, it doesn't make sense to be buying a property hastily if you're planning to make money quickly. It doesn't make sense if it adds a lot of stress to your strategy. If you add a few more years, change your strategy, it may become more comfortable and allows you to then stop and think, Hmm. which is something we encourage our clients to always do. So for those who are trying to buy their first property or buy any property really, Mm -hmm. is it better to buy now or wait? Ah, $64 million question. (laughs) There is always a good opportunity to buy at any point in the market, even when the market was up and rising and so forth. This is the most frequent question I get from people. Mm. Is this the best time to buy? The answer is yes. Why? Because there are always opportunities in the market. Even now, there's a lot of good deals to be had, but you would need to do the homework. Is it then better to pay off as much as you can off your loan now Mm -hmm. or wait this out? Okay, so it depends on what you're looking to do. I had this client who came to me. She told me, Paul... I want the smallest loan amount 
over the shortest loan period ever because I don't like interest, mm. right? When I talked to her, I found out that this lady, A, was a single lady. She had her parents staying with her. Now, her strategy was to use up all the CPF funds to pay down the property so that the loan would be minimum. Now, when I worked out the numbers for her, I convinced her that the strategy was a bit risky. Why? Because if she loses her job with no cash backup, no CPF backup, she will end up being exposed. So at that point in time, I worked out the numbers, gave her a strategy on how to manage interest, and thankfully she took it. Six months later, she came to me. I was working in a bank then. Mm. And, you know, typically when people walk into the bank to follow up on the transaction they did with you six months ago, generally they're there to complain about Mm. something. But actually she came to me and she said, thank you for convincing me otherwise. Because I had convinced her to leave a buffer inside CPF and Mm. a buffer in cash. And what had happened some three months after her transaction was that she had been laid off. Oh, wow. She told me, she said, I lie in bed thinking of what would have happened if I had no CPF balance. I have no cash balance as a buffer for me to tide through this period of time. So when you talk about paying off in full, if you were to pay off in full with no buffer, then what would happen if somebody loses the job? Mm -hmm. What is the backup plan? I think those are the things that we need to think about. Mm -hmm. There is no one solution for everyone. Mm -hmm. So that's why we urge people to come to talk to us at Property Guru Finance to work out your individual strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we talked a lot about rising interest rates with the bank loans. On the other side, I mean, we've got HDB loans yeah. that's there and quite consistent yeah. with the rate that it's at now. But the thing now is HDB loans are cheaper than bank loans. That's something we haven't seen in a while as well. Will the HDB rate go up, you think? And can we rely on it mm. as a stable option at the time when there's a lot of developments yeah. in other places in the market? So HDB loans are priced at 0.1% above the CPF ordinary account of 2.5%, so 26 The reason why they do it this way is because the government funds HDB at a 2.5 rate. Now, In a recent cooling measure, I don't know whether you noticed this, Mm. but they said that from now on, Mm -hmm. all HDB loans will be measured on a 3%. 3%, What does that mean? If you work out backwards and you think about it, using the 0.1% above ordering account, what it could mean is that ordering account could increase to 2.9%, right? Assuming that the 0.1% spread still happens. Mm. So ordering account figures are measured every quarter. So January, April, July, October. Next one is January. So we'll find out whether the rates will increase. But there's no reason for the government to then say, let's use 3% if they don't intend to increase it. So there is a chance that that would increase. I see. What lessons then can we learn from this period? Because before this, there are a lot of assumptions about Mm -hmm. bank loans versus HDB loans. I've even heard people a few years ago telling me, you know, bank loans will always be lower than <laughs> HDB loans. And I was so shocked. Like, yeah. how can you say this? But it just shows us how fast things can turn. So right. what should be our main takeaways from this period as we look at how we manage our finances? I think a lot of people make these assumptions because they don't find out what the implications are. So knowledge is very important. I think generally this is it. Don't assume, be prudent, 
Take it one step at a time and constantly review if you can. Yeah, and to remember that buying a property, you're locking yourself for 25, 30 years, and that's a long time. A lot of things can happen in between. And Paul, you also mentioned about how the best loan really depends on your circumstances and we shouldn't just look at the interest rates because there are other factors to consider as well when looking and deciding on what loan to take. Thank you so much for sharing your insights today, Paul. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to my guest, Paul Wee. If you enjoyed our podcast, give us a five-star rating and review. You can also email us at cnapodcasts at mediacorp.com.sg. The team behind this episode is Joanne Chan, Jacqueline Chan, Daniel Lee, and Crispina Robert. Till next time, this is Sarah Alcaldi.